Welcome, everybody, to The Last Ones in Podcast. I am Dry Archuleta, joined today by Robbie. Hi. And E. Hello. And this is our first official episode of the new year. Yeehaw. And a, a technically new season, I guess. This would be because we be technically season five. do seasons. We do actually. We're doing cartoon rules where each season can be as many episodes as we want. Yeah, and some of them don't count. <laughs> some aren't canon. Yeah, a couple of them aren't even canon. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's technically true. Actually, the series that we watch are technically not canon. <laughs> it's weird. Um, today, since it is the first episode of the year, I wanted to start off with a big movie. Uh, a movie no one's ever heard of, I'm pretty sure. They fucking definitely have. Really? Oh, boy, have they. All right. Um, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Which, if you want to watch that uh, before listening to the rest of this, totally go for that. It is available on Hulu, YouTube, and Sling with premium subscription, which means you have to have the cable version, which is like 50 bucks a month of all of those. Yeah. Or you can get it on YouTube, Google Play, Redbox, Voodoo, or Amazon Prime Video for three ninety nine and up. Or uh, if you have ABC streaming service or FX Now streaming service, uh, you can watch it with those. Apparently, what does ABC even offer? Like unique to ABC? Um, you know ABC stuff. Actually, it does have one show that I I do watch. That its last season will be coming out this year. Um. A Million Little Things, Sad Bros. Oh, Sad oh, Bros. That's your, literally your the only show ABC, you hate. It's the only ABC thing I've ever watched, maybe. <laughs> Was ABC also like the Modern Family one? Modern Network. Family, I think, just shifted around a lot. I don't know. What Modern, I think Modern Family was on Fox, wasn't it? I don't know. I think like, it shifted around a lot. Yeah, I don't know. Can you tell that I never watched that show? I've never seen it either. There's <laughs> like a Mexican kid. Yeah, yeah, there is. That's all I know. Yeah. <laughs> and a Mexican mom or stepmom. Oh, yeah. Uh, mom with the kid. <laughs> and they had they remarried. Okay, I think. yeah, I think it's like a remarried couple, a gay couple, a straight yeah. couple. I forget who the kid is, but I think he actually did go on to work to do a lot after Modern Family. But. Uh, cool. The most I know, because oh no, you said that he was on Sad Bros. I was gonna say uh, wasn't one of the kids on Modern Family also on Fat Man, but you were telling me that he was on Sad Bros. He's on Sad Bros. The yeah. little shitty kid. Yeah. Anyways. Um, anyways. Uh, back to or three. sorry. Anyway, yes, thank you. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're all about proper grammar here. Yes, yes. Um, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, rated R for violence, language throughout, and some sexual references. I'd say a lot of sexual references. Yeah, close to an X, probably. No, not not there at all. <laughs> um, they say some harsh language for sure. There's quite a bit of harsh language. Let me go ahead and read the back of the box here. Um, e, you had never seen it before. No. Robbie, you have. I showed it to you before. Yeah. And well, I have seen it many yeah. times. We I kept guess... debating if you showed it to me before, and I can confirm you did not. <laughs> yeah. Good. After uh, watching it, I'm glad yeah. that... <laughs> You're glad that's when I confirm it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we know that Dryaf wanted to bring this to the podcast for a long time, but he was always like debating on it because he showed it to me a long time ago. He kept always specifying then... that he didn't want to because he showed it to you. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, well, he hasn't seen it yet, but like he just had it in his head that he showed it to E also. (laughs) Like half the movies are ones both of you guys have seen. So I don't know why this was the one. I don't know, man. It's just stuck with me. I don't don't get it either. Uh, Um, See, it's the back of the box here. Award-winning actress Frances McDonald delivers a stunningly powerful performance in this darkly comic drama that has been hailed as one of the year's best films. A murdered girl's defiant mother boldly paints three local billboards, each with a controversial message, igniting a furious battle with a volatile cop and the town's revered chief of police. 
Yeah, I guess. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I hate when the back of the box is like, Oscar nominee winner nominee. Well, Francis it... McDances. <laughs> Francis McDances. That's a good reason. You should go with that. Um, This was a big deal. This movie was a big deal the year. Uh, it was nominated for everything. What year did this come out? 2017. Came out 2017. That's probably why I don't remember anyone talking about it. That year's like a black hole. Yeah, which made it in the nominees for the 2018 Oscars. Because ah. it's the year before they do it. I think there was some confusion we had with that before on an episode. And I was hey. like, well, why is it? We have came out in 2017. Why isn't it the 2017 Oscars? It was a whole thing. <laughs> I think it was maybe with Wind River or something. I don't even remember. But one of those things. I was where- on Wind River, so I couldn't have been that one. <laughs> yeah, what? Uh, but well, yeah. we talked about before of like if something comes out like November or December, then they just count it for the next year. Unlike the Game Awards. Unlike the Game Awards, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the Game Awards gives you like a three day heads up. Yep, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, it was nominated at the Oscars for Best Performance by Actress in the Leading Role, Best Performance by Actor in a Supporting Role, Best Motion Motion Picture of the Year, Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role. That's two supporting role nominees. I was gonna say. Uh, Best Achievement in Music Written for Motion Pictures, Original Score. Best Original Screenplay, and Best Achievement in Film Editing. And it won uh, Best Leading Role by an Actress and uh, Best Supporting Actor to Sam Rockwell. Weird. Um, Supporting Actor feels like a weird thing to call a lot of the characters in this. Yeah. I mean, that's just how it is in movies, because there's always a lead actor, the protagonist that it's following, and then the people that are just kind of following the protagonist. I know they can't just say, like, Best Actor who happened to be in the movie. Who was in it slightly less? Who <laughs> was in it less than Best that. second place. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say that one even is second place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, interesting. I feel like it should have probably won screenplay. What came out in 20s? Wind River, you said? Uh, No. no I mean... And that might have been 2016 or 2017. We're gonna confuse everything if we keep if I keep, keep googling like the Sorry. entire episode. Be like, okay, what came out in the Oscars in 1985? <laughs> uh, no. So the nominees for the year that this came out was like a whole bunch of stuff. Actually, mm. um, the other movies that were nominated for Best Picture that year, the same year as Three Billboards, was Call Me by Your Name, Darkest Hour, which I don't even know what Darkest Hour is, Dunkirk. Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, Shape of Water, and then Three Billboards. Did Get Out win, or was it Shape of Water? Shape of Water won Best Picture okay. that year. Guillermo yeah. del Toro has an Oscar, which is awesome. That's his only Oscar? No, he has a couple more, but that's uh, his only Best Picture. What? Yeah. He's made such good movies. Yeah, I, I think he was nominated for Best Animated for this upcoming Oscars. Yeah, but that's such a fucking farce of a natural category. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of people being like, he needs to just be in, like, Best Picture nomination instead of just Best Animated Picture. Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole thing about it. I, uh, I They should just do Best Pinocchio Movie as one of the categories. <laughs> could almost be a category. There's actually. four. It's yeah. funny. I, I Googled 2017 o- Oscars, and I got a completely different list than you because it's showing the Academy Awards. <laughs> well, so 2017 Oscars would be the movies that came out in 2016. Okay. So 2018 Oscars is the movies that came out in 2017. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but a lot of great movies came out in 2016 for the 2017 Oscars. Yeah, because uh, I was going to say, like, I saw this and I was like, it's saying that Moonlight was best in 2017. Is that the yeah. one with the purple guy? Um, purple guy on the cover, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but 2017 Oscars was very famously the one where they thought La La Land won. Yeah, they fucked up. Yeah, and then they, they didn't. <laughs> so they were like, oh, shit. Uh, well, out of yeah, because two... didn't the director come up and be like, we didn't win, we didn't win, we didn't win. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I think there was another movie that was nominated that year that I think should have won over both of those, actually. I can't remember what it was. Avengers 2. Robbie will look it up here, but I can't... Not Avengers. Avengers 2 came out in, like, 2014 or something. (laughs) Also, it should not win anything. (laughs) Uh, Best Robot. Eh. Nominations. (laughs) I don't know. I just have to look at what robots came out in 2016. What do you mean, 2014? 2014. Maybe it was... Yeah, it must have been... Second Avengers must have been 2014, because the first Avengers was 2012. Yeah, I just... I unfortunately remember that one more than the first one, and it's not for good reasons. It's not a bad movie. I just I think like that it. there's a lot of good stuff in there, but it's not great. I think Marvel did not actually make very good movies until like the second phase, because they got to not just have to keep doing every single character origin story. Yeah, which is also the problem for the current phase, is they're back and in introducing a whole bunch of new characters, so like some of them just suck, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Have they put in Eat All Matter Man yet? I think he was actually mentioned. He's a, he's the best superhero. Anyway, do you have those noms, Robbie? Yeah, uh, for 2017's uh, best picture it was Moonlight, Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden oh. Figures, La-, La La Land, Lion, and Manchester by the Sea. Yeah, Manchester. Manchester uh, by the Sea is a great movie. So fucking good. Hell or High Water, so fucking good. What was the second one you named? Uh, Arrival. Yeah, Arrival. So good. Yeah. You've talked about that. I actually haven't seen that movie yet. Yeah, I plan to bring it. I plan to bring it. There's so many movies. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so many first... movies, so little time. <laughs> we got on such a tangent. <laughs> this is the first time we've been in a room for like over a month I and know. a half. <laughs> it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. I. I mean, it was fun. I still. Like, I yeah. like going on tangents. Yeah. Just... I, that's kind of how this whole podcast started. Is like. This is what we do when we watch movies anyways, is we just sit here and talk about bullshit. Yeah. I was I forget if I ever told this story on the podcast. One of my favorite facts about this podcast is Dry came to me and was like, you know, it would be really fun if like we did like a podcast since we talk about all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, sure. Cause I never had anyone actually follow through. <laughs> it was actually the same with like me that. because Dry said the same exact thing to me. He's like, Hey, do you want to be part of a podcast? I was like, I I guess. And like <laughs> He actually talked about doing like a Twitch streaming thing before this because me and him were playing the division yeah. together all the time and that yeah. never panned out either. And so I kind of had the same attitude like, yeah, sure, why not? And then like you showed up and they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to do it over one microphone. It's like, no, no, we're not doing this over one <laughs> microphone. <laughs> and we're going like two and a half years strong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, November was our three year anniversary, actually. Right, because we started in the holidays, which is fucking... We started at the worst time. Yeah, it's yeah. the worst fucking time we could have started. <laughs> at the same time, we got over like the hump in the worst time, at least. Yeah, yeah. dude, we definitely did. There was a lot of learning in like those first 12 episodes, I think. <laughs> yeah, there was. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. The movie. We're the talking. movie, I guess, we're going to be talking <laughs> about. Three billboards outside of Evan, Missouri. Uh, let's start with the person who has never seen it before, E. Hello. Initial thoughts. What are you thinking? It was very good. Yeah. Um, not what I thought. I didn't really have a thought about this movie because I never heard of it. Right. But, yeah. Uh not not what I was expecting, but I think it does a lot of things really clever. I think its characters are great in how awful people they all are. Yeah. Um I like a lot of the rawness of a lot of deliveries and I like kind of the gut punches it constantly hits you. And incredibly funny. Yes. Yes, it is darkly funny darkly hilarious it's a, yeah say. it's a dark dramedy yes yeah that that's a great way to put it actually um the writer director uh mcdonough i believe yeah, his name yeah. is 
Uh, he also did In Bruges and then okay. uh, 12 Psychopaths, I believe it's called. Seven Psychopaths. Self, seven seven Psychopaths. The, yeah, those the two sequel are... to Seven Samurai, no one really talks about. Yeah, it's so <laughs> crazy. Uh, but yeah, he also yeah, did Seven those. Psychopaths and In Bruges are both fantastic movies. Also very dark comedies. And his most recent work, which is on HBO Max, right now is the time of this recording, Banshees of Inishirin. Uh Also extremely fucking dark. A, A musician? Full... No. Oh. Not Ed Sheeran. Inishirin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought you uh, said Banshees of Edward Sheeran. No. no. What? What a weird concept for, for a thing. No, it's a full Scottish cast. Ooh. Uh, it's fucking... It's oh, I remember seeing the... Um, trailer? Yeah, the trailer for it. Yeah, it's really good. Everybody should go check that out. This is the most recent work. Darkly funny as well. Uh, very much in, in the style of all of his movies, the second half gets like super dark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So you liked it. Yeah, it was very good, I said. All right. Robbie, yeah. on your second viewing, what are you thinking? Second viewing, I think I like I liked this movie whenever you initially showed it to me. I think I like it more on the second viewing. Just like little details that I caught here and there and then like other little things that I kind of forgot about because I hadn't watched this movie in four years. Yeah. And uh No, it's still really good movie. Uh it's very dark and cynical, but in a way that is very funny. Uh, it does like E said have a lot of emotional gun punch- punches so like it will take something that's kind of funny and then like shit will get real for about five minutes and it'll get funny again yes yeah, and yeah. it does it in like it does it like I said in a very cynical way but also very realistic way too because like there's a lot of things of just like you would see in like real life kind of play out and it does it in a way like it almost talks about very complex situations and like puts it in um digestible format for the movie um, yeah it it's really good like but yeah the the fact that you told me about some other movies that he i've seen of his that i didn't even know that he directed them like yeah he's he's very good at what he does and he's honing his craft in a very good way yeah and, yeah uh, i would say he's one of those directors it seems like because he learns more as like he goes along he keeps on getting better as he goes along and this movie shows that it does i would say this is probably his most mainstream movies um seven psychopaths didn't do great um i can kind of see that just because that's also a dark comedy but it's also like very specifically a kind of dark comedy yeah yeah also i don't know a whole lot of people would probably go to see a movie called seven psychopaths the trailers were a bit deceptive the trailers were a little deceptive uh the biggest thing that they showed with the trailers of that was like that scene with uh christopher walken Whenever like a guy pull, or puts a gun up on him and says like like put your hands up no yeah I'm holding a gun so I don't care yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it's really good. like but that's against the rules tough luck <laughs> <laughs> it's really good um yeah he he's a he's a director that I didn't realize I love following but I do I'm really excited to see what he does after Banshee's Been a Sharon because I think Banshee's Been a Sharon also did not do great. Um, since it's on hbo max now right it it was in theaters like a month ago for like seven minutes i think <laughs> yeah it really sucks when you like got seated and then they immediately kicked you out you're like actually uh fuck this leave <laughs> so there's something that i've kind of realized as of lately i i don't know if it's just me it feels like whenever we were younger that like a movie would come out in theaters and it would take like almost an entire year for it to come out on video yeah now it feels like they're coming out on video almost immediately uh, the reason for that is because that's true. <laughs> uh, a lot of people don't actually like movie theaters. Yeah, pe- a lot of people hate movie theaters. 
It's a, I, dry I is not most people. I learn that, honestly. Yeah. Well, like the thing is, I, I get it. I totally get why people don't like movie theaters. If you're super invested in a story or a movie, and then a little kid starts crying, or a couple starts arguing, or somebody's eating their nachos too fucking loud, or like somebody spills some popcorn or some soda. like, Or someone has to get up to go to the bathroom every 20 minutes. Right. Like, if you are like easily distracted and like taken out of experience and you hate that feeling, totally understand. A theater's not going to be the best place for you for the most part. There are some things that are, I think, effortlessly immersive in its own ways. Say what you will about Avatar. Um, I say a lot about it. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> do. Um, I think it is extremely immersive in the theater experience. I don't think it's great. I think it's a. I think the yeah. last hour of that movie is very, very fun, but it's not like a great movie. But I was never distracted about anything else. I was, I was glued to the screen the whole time. I was gonna say, like, whenever the first Avatar came out, uh, everyone was saying because that's whenever like uh, stereoscopic 3D was the thing in theaters, and everyone was saying that Avatar was like the one movie that did 3D right. Whenever you went and watched it in theaters. It was the movie that made theaters get the 3D projectors things right. going on. Um, there was super expensive installations that most theaters had to do in order to play it because that was like the preferred way to watch it. And it paid off for basically every theater that did it. But the thing is, since the first Avatar came out, I think there's maybe seven films that have actually been shot in 3D. And there's hundreds of movies that are released in 3D because <laughs> yeah. they were converted post. Mm-hmm. And so they don't look great. Yeah. Well, like another good example of a movie that I saw in 3D and it gave me a headache while watching it was the fourth Pirates of the Caribbean movie, yeah. which was one of the most expensive movies ever made that flopped. Yeah. Yeah. That movie sucks dick, man. <laughs> <laughs> Does it not even have Johnny Depp in it? No, it has. Jo- it has too oh. much Johnny Depp, actually, oh, really? was a lot of people's complaint because he was never the main character in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. No. Uh, if I remember my history right, uh, he, <laughs> history. he, uh, he was, he wasn't ex- Supposed to even like show up in later movies, but since the audience reaction to him was so great, they just kept writing him back in. Yeah. Yep. And then the fourth one, he is the main character, mm-hmm. and it doesn't so much work. It's almost like if you're watching the comical sidekick for the entire movie. Oh yeah, God, that, Planet Sheen. That's what I was about to say. It's it, actually yes. <laughs> that is a great actually parallel to what to what that is. It's like if they took out the straight man. Oh Lord. Yeah. Um. I. I should also say, I haven't actually seen any of the Pirates movies. I think one's worth it. Is it like one literally, or two? literally one or like one of them? One of them's worth it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think the first Pirates movie is actually a really good, fun blockbuster. I think the second one has some good things. And I think the third one really overstays its welcome Ooh. a lot. I was going to say, the funny thing about that is I've seen the first, second, I for some reason, skipped over the third one. I just never went around to watching it. And then I watched the fourth one in theaters because I just got invited. <laughs> the third one's a bit too self-serious, and I think it's like three and a half hours long. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's too much. Too much, man. But three billboards outside of Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're back to this again. Back to that. Uh, I do like it as well. Yeah. Obviously. I think it is a beautiful film. And to put it into context as well, because I think in history, a lot of what this movie did at the time might get lost actually i mean yeah you gotta think this was 2017 yes this was the year after trump was elected it was just right when all of that fucking nonsense bullshit was getting started with him Mm -hmm. uh if you are confused about my stance on any of that fuck trump (laughs) (laughs) um 
And it was just, everything was really starting to kick off on that really awful, super hard right-wing stuff just being shoved in everybody's face constantly because of Trump being so Trump. Yeah. (laughs) And so this movie came out, and it was like, here's a really, really terrible person. It's so easy to hate him. And it does this thing in there that I think creates this very simple thing of hating and actually complicates the issue quite a bit in a, in a good way, in a really good way, because it was so easy to kind of hate for me at the very least other family members and stuff like that for their political views at the time and uh, how outspoken they were about certain aspects of things. It was very easy for me to be like, okay, dismiss them. Fuck you. I don't need to hear anything about this person anymore. And I think what this movie does is it takes that, that mentality, that person basically. And it's like, Hey, here's this thing that is in the forefront of everybody's mind. There's a person behind that. Like there's actually something behind that person. And there is a bridge of sorts to bring them back to reality as well. Yeah, you just have to answer the trolls riddles three. <laughs> you must pay a toll to get into the boy's hole. It's, a, <laughs> it's a always sunny reference. Uh, I was gonna say <laughs> that's that's a really big cutback reference. <laughs> so yeah, I think at the, at the time this movie was extremely important. And when you take it into that context, I think it's really easy to see why it hit people so hard at the time. And I think maybe five, ten years down the road, it may not do that nearly as much. Uh, I you mean, hope. It probably on depends on the person, of course, because uh, I mean, the biggest issue is we're still dealing with a lot of this. Yeah, right, we, yeah. we haven't fixed any of the issues. No, there's still fires to be worse. put out. Yeah, yeah, a lot of fire. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's I wouldn't. I guess some of it is like more movies have been like okay with being so outspoken about stuff like this. Um, Blind Spotting is a really good example. Yes. Uh, that one came out, and was it Blind Spotting or was it a different one? I forget. We remember. I remember we watched one that talked about that, and we're like, if this came out like two years later. Everyone would have been on it. I forget if that was blind spotting we said that for, or if it was another movie. I believe it was blind spotting. Yeah. So, um, with that in mind, there's a lot of like, I think we'll always kind of have that, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's always going to be some issue that a movie will hit at the, at the right time or the wrong time. I mean, I think that there are other lessons to be made of this movie too, but we'll probably get more into that as we yeah. talk more of it. But I think this is also a story of somebody who is hurt and is lashing out because no one is listening. Yes. Yeah. Which is, I guess, a great transition into what this movie is really about. Yep. Billboards. Three of them, in uh, fact. Essentially, yes. That is the the crux of what is... The catalyst. Keeps, yeah, the catalyst. It's what keeps all the gears going in the plot. That's what gets all of our weird little characters together and to, uh, all the friction going. The main character, whose name is Robbie... Mildred. Mil- Mildred. I think that's actually right. I think that's actually correct, man. Yeah, Mildred Hayes. All Knew right. It. I remember. Good job, E. Yeah. I remembered because I thought it was Margaret. <laughs> what? <laughs> Francis Margaret Mildred. Well, that's that's why I was like, no, it's not Margaret. That'd be stupid. And then I was like, oh yeah, it was Mildred. <laughs> These people have some very white names in this too. So yeah, I mean, whatever helps you remember things, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, so I'm going to say my track record for all the other characters is not going to be that good. <laughs> um, 
And what we find out very early on is that her daughter was raped while dying. Yeah. I I also want to say this movie has one of the strongest openings I've seen in a movie in a long Well, I shouldn't say in a long time because we watch movies for a podcast, but like <laughs> relative to a lot of stuff, like this is one of the strongest openings to yeah. anything. Yeah. Um, especially just the build up to what everything is where you get the shot of her just looking at weird billboards going into the agency like hey i need those uh here's the money uh, i can't say all these curse words right and he's like yeah nope. you can't say those <laughs> and she's then, like cool i want to say this and then the cop driving by where he only sees the last one he's like what the fuck is this about and they just like i don't know, look over there and he sees the second one and you don't get the shot of him seeing the third one. You get the hard cut to the police station yeah. until the reveal. And it's so good. It's really good. It really builds up what the message is. Because the message is so important. And if it just yeah. shows you, then the character's being confused. And all this build up doesn't work nearly as well. Uh-huh. So yeah, I, I love that opening as well. It, uh, which the billboards say... <sighs> Raped while dying. dying. Yes. No arrests have been made. Why not? Yeah, uh, explain this. Uh, w- explain this, uh, Chief Willoughby. Yeah. Yes, ex- please explain, Chief Willoughby. Yes, it might be a little different, but um, yeah, but that's, that's the crux. we're paraphrasing. But yeah, this yeah. is the main thing. Which this case had been open for how how long? I think half a year at this point. Yeah, I eight, think they say months. nine months, and it's just no leeway, no mm-hmm. headway's been being made at all. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, the cop sees us. He starts freaking out about how. They can't be putting that up on a, or on a sign. And the guy's like, why Why not? And he's like, we haven't broken any laws. And they're trying to like get him to take it down. And he just keeps on saying, like, no. Like, she paid for these billboards. I read my so book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I looked it up in the book. Which book? Uh, I'll get back. You don't need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just a really interesting, especially like seeing a lot of the reactions to this thing. Uh, which just makes it really fun where you get kind of this... Because even with the town not really being a central part in the grand scheme of things, you still get an idea of this town, like, yeah. immediately. Like, you know, it's like, okay, this is the small podunk town, still pretty racist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, racism is prominent throughout the entire town. Even the people who, within the town, I would say, are more left-leaning, uh, still racist. Mm. Just how they were raised, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, you're, this is a podunk town in Missouri that we're talking yeah. about, too. Yes. Missouri. Missouri. F- actually filmed in North Carolina, by the way. <laughs> How dare they? This should be illegal. That should be false advertising. Uh, also, Ebbing doesn't exist. Fake town. Oh. <laughs> it does give that Midwestern town feel, though. They got that down to a, a freaking T. Yeah. I mean, I always say this. It's so funny how every small town's the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, my favorite thing is, like, the main character works at an antique shop, and it's like, yeah, those small towns have like seventeen antique shops. Always mm-hmm. have to. <laughs> like, I mean, so well, funny. it's one of those things too. Like, there's a lot of uh, towns where, like, oh yeah, he's he's in this town in the middle of nowhere, and then like they showed the downtown where he like he goes and he buys his groceries at the drugstore, and every single time I see that, like, yeah, that that's Creed, Colorado. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really great, but yeah. Um, so the police chief's like, ah oh, man, this fucking sucks, don't it? And <laughs> and it's like a lot of the reactions around town until like ultimately the police chief's like, I guess I'll get back on the case. Uh. Yeah. Basically, yeah. 
to the point to where he's almost bullied because that's her yeah. that's her entire idea here yeah. is she's just trying to kickstart something yeah because she hadn't heard anything for months because mm-hmm. it was one of those like oh this is a cold case we'll tell you if we figure anything out and then you just hear nothing from them yeah and right. she is still hurt on you know what happened to her daughter and right. so she's trying to kickstart it of just like something needs to give and so she puts those billboards up because in her mind if it's still in the if people are still talking about it then it maybe maybe this will get solved yeah Actually, one thing else I want to bring up is uh, in the start, like, it does cut to, like, the news feed of her talking about it. Yeah. Uh, I just want to bring that up because it plants a really good seed that gets paid off many times throughout the movie. Yes. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> yeah. So all that goes on. Uh, you get some of the reactions. Uh, she also has a son. Uh, he's is He has red hair or something. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> I'm really good at this, don't worry. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's really um, weird that you can't remember her, her son's name out of all the names in this movie. I know, it's hard to say. But, yeah, you know, he has weird. A... <laughs> One of those really weird names that you just never hear at all. No, yeah, they never say his name, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's just the son. He's just the son. <laughs> his name's Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> Spelled the same as my name and everything. <laughs> Oh, uh, that I kept looking over. I was like, "Why is it? Why isn't Robbie responding when people call his name?" Why he's not even talking to him? It's weird. <laughs> Being rude. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and you see kind of the tenuous relationship between the two of them, which is another thing that works really well. Uh, you see that the son's very kind of upset about it. Um, just more so because of like a lot of stuff that gets kind of brought up later. So yeah, he's in a rough family situation. Not only did his sister die, he, understandably so, didn't look up any of the details of what really, mm. really happened because it was just too much for him to handle. We learned that later in the movie that he just didn't look it up. And he was like, and you know what was really great? Because he's having a conversation with his mom at some point. He's like, what's great is to go home when I'm going home one day and learn about what happened to her on billboards on the way home from my own mom. That's wonderful. That's what you want to do when you're coming home from school. And it's just like, yeah, I guess. I guess you it's don't just, really think about that kind of thing. No, it's a, it's a very unfortunate situation, and it's one of those every every person deals with grief in a different way. Yeah. yeah. Well, it kind of shows that uh, the mother, like, this is in the forefront of her mind every single day, and now mm-hmm. it's on these billboards of the thought that goes through her mind every single day. Meanwhile, her son is doing his best to, like, just try to move on with life and to try to forget what happened and, like, just trying to be a normal teenager, and now he can't because he just has, like, these blaring pink billboards that are that he drives by every single day now that to see they get a reminder of like oh yeah your sister's dead right and their family situation also was not great no the, uh, i mean before all this happened it wasn't great yeah before yeah, any yeah. of this had happened and nothing was great with it the husband slash his dad i guess mm-hmm. was abusive and an alcoholic and was constantly beating on his mom who was our protagonist of the film yeah and Eventually, he did leave for somebody else, a 19-year-old, which is one of the best, one of the funniest characters in the entire oh, movie. Oh, she's great. And I th- she's great in, a, in so many different ways. And it's just really great how she's used, too, especially because, like, a, a big setup is just that the husband's a piece of shit. Yes. Right. And, like, she kind of, how immature and not really understanding the world is really like hammers that home every time you see her 
but she's also just so funny. Yes, like her her the way that she delivers her lines is goddamn perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because it's 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 stupid. She's not an intelligent person, but she's not dumb either no. in a way. She just doesn't she's, get it. She's kind of in her own world. So like something really big could be happening around her and she just doesn't get that like oh like something's happening i should probably either leave or say something but instead like oh yeah like i I don't work at the zoo anymore i i work at this other place where they rescue (laughs) what was it horses or something yeah horse horse uh disabled horses yeah Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts of the movie yeah she there's a huge fight going on with the ex-husband and yeah he flips the table and starts trying to strangle her while uh and then Robbie himself comes out <laughs> with a knife to be like, you drop her right now. And she walks in. She's like, hey, I just needed to use the bathroom. This, this if, is a bad time. I could if, just hold it. If this <laughs> is a bad time. I can see this is a bad time. I'm just going to go and like use the bathroom with the first door and left. She's like, okay. And like they all just like kind of back away. They like fix the room. Yeah. And it's kind of funny how like they're all at each other's throats, literally. Yes. And then li- they're all like putting the tables back together and everything like, all right, we have. We technically have an innocent in the house now. We should probably well, try I to think get it, along. It, it kind of shows a lot of the aftermath of their relationship in general. Yes. Yeah. Like, none of them skipped a beat is one of the kind of most horrific parts about it. Which is very true, from my understanding of abusive relationships, mm-hmm. is that the second that the people are around each other again, it just snaps right back into place. It's like it never stopped. Which right. is why it's so difficult for somebody who is stuck in an abusive relationship to leave that abusive relationship because all that just clicks right. It's like almost a defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. It just clicks right back into that. Uh, But back to that, the very funny line, uh, our uh, Mildred is like, shouldn't you get back to your 19 year old uh, going back to the zoo? And she walks out. She's like, actually, as of the zoo situation, uh, I don't longer work there. Uh, It turns out it was last ones in first ones out. So I was let go from the zoo, but now I work at a horse place for the disabled kids. So anyway, <laughs> just like so good, like <laughs> how lovingly awkward in a way that like someone just kind of thrust out on the world as she is. Yes, like is basically because she's basically just straight out of high school. Clearly, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I I was kind of hoping that there was gonna be like some kind of line in there at some point in time of like, oh, she was a senior whenever Robbie was a freshman in high school or something dumb like that. I think it's just given. Yeah. I think it's kind of a given. In I was there. I was hoping yeah. there's gonna be a line for that, but there it kind of is in the forefront of that because he is a high school student. So like, it's one of those like, oh, she's so young that maybe your son went to high school with her. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I it's just one of those weird things, obviously. And yeah. on small town, that's just kind of how it is. Sometimes it's got, you're gonna see it. Yeah, you're gonna see it. But uh, even before they show the husband, like you still kind of find out he's a piece of shit too. Because like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because uh, whenever she's talking to Chief Willoughby and he's like trying to say like, listen, I did everything that I could with the case. Like, you need to stop with this whole billboard thing. And like, they end up bringing up her, her husband, and he's like, oh yeah, you mean the guy who used to beat me all the time? He used to be a cop too. It's like I guess that's the thing about cops is are are all of them wife beaters? Right. I mean, they. I think it's something like. Uh, 60% of the police force have been reported for domestic abuse. It's actually 40%. That's, oh, sorry. Yeah. But yeah, it's one of those things I've heard a couple times too. Like some people are try to dress it up in another way. It's like, oh yeah, you find out how fun loving police officers are. Just like 
uh, just Google 40% of cops. And if you <laughs> Google 40% of cops, it just straight up says like, uh, it's uh, statistically, uh, it's yeah, statistically said that uh, 40% of cops beat their wives. And like, then they do the whole dances. Like, it's like, so this isn't like an actual fact, but it's one of those things that are rumored, but y- you know. But it's, yeah. 40% is probably pretty low. Probably. <laughs> well, that's the thing is 40% are reported. Yeah. Right, exactly. And don't like, worry, guys. 60% of cops don't beat their wives. You Probably. It's, probably. It's better than a coin flick that, that you won't get punched in the face. Lord. Which, I mean, what do you, what more do you need than the start of the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, but, yeah, there's a whole lot of... Uh, there's a lot of, like, little nuances to the whole situation where... It's kind of, in a way, like, I could see someone being like, oh, they just kind of, like, spout uh, information constantly without any, like, real setup. But in the other way, like, it's a lot of very frustrated people dealing with things in their own way, mm-hmm. which makes it really good. It's something I remember, um, it was a, a writing, like, a writing tip someone said, because they were like, a lot of new writers always have their characters constantly say what they're like exactly thinking like a therapy session and he's like and they said okay think of the one thing your character wants to tell people they can never say that yeah because people don't right ultimately right most people if they're in a very frustrating situation will probably not go out and say hey shut the fuck up Mm -hmm. they'll probably try and find a way to get that point across without being rude about it but they'll never say shut the fuck up unless it's yeah. a big situation. It's a, it's a very good tip. Yeah. Uh, just like because of that. And uh, another thing you learn, uh, <laughs> it's done in, again, like there's so many good setups to everything. Uh, mm-hmm. The police chief has cancer. And I love it because he's trying to use it as a guilt trip. <laughs> yeah. For Mildred. Like, hey, he's like, can I you, know. Can you please take down the billboards? I have pancreatic cancer. Yeah, it's so, it's so good because he's like, oh, you know, I'm dealing with the billboards and like, cancer i got cancer and she's like yeah everyone knows it's not a secret everybody in town's talking about it <laughs> and like i love his bewildered face like how like, how could this possibly be out of my control right uh i i think we should talk about willoughby for a minute sure sure i think he is such a great character for what this movie is doing yeah because he's kind of the intermediate between mildred and uh, Sam Rockwell's yeah, Jason Ro- Jason yeah, Jason Dixon yeah, Dickman uh, who uh, Jason Dixon is super racist, super bigoted uh, cop. Yeah. yeah, he is. I he mean, is, your introduction to him is like, hey, aren't you the guy who tortured a black guy in custody? Yeah, like that's mm-hmm. his introduction to the movie. Yes, uh, he'll spout the n word without a second thought. That's his character. Saying that it makes it difficult to like him. I understand that, but the movie makes it work. Yeah, in a way that is kind of astounding. Writing, actually, uh, not that he's like super lovable, but he's by the end of the movie, you're not cheering for him to die. <laughs> you don't want to actively kill him. Yes, <laughs> I think part of that also has to do with like Sam Rockwell is just a really good actor too, though. Like, yeah. he never really plays a person you're rooting for in movies, whether it's like this or Seven Psychopaths or even Green Mile. Like, he plays the bad guy more often than not, but like he has like such a charisma to him that like you kind of just it, it's because you you never really like his character, but 
it's always just like you want to see what's going to happen next with him. Yeah. Yeah. And like the movie wants you to be like, okay, I hopefully he can grow from this. Right. And, you know, it's up to you how you want to, how you feel about him in the end, ultimately. Yes. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, Rock or Ridgewell, Will, Willwell? Willoughby? Willoughby. <laughs> the sheriff? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, I, I love his position because he's ultimately the complacent, like, complacent. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's even a line he says of like, listen, if you got rid of all the racists, there would be three cops left and they'll all be homophobic. Yes. <laughs> Where, in like, like, so what you gonna do? Yeah, so, so what you gonna do? And it's the, I mean, that's kind of a lot of the argument people make a lot of times with that stuff too. And it just really kind of nails home like, is it even like okay at that point? Like, in one way he's almost worse because he kind of enables all of it in that sense. There's no repercussions for any of his police his police force. Yes. That's that's actually a very good point you make. This movie is kind of the anti repercussion movie. Because yeah. anytime one character does something bad, the other character turns the other cheek and hands kindness. Which again is something that I feel like was drastic was terribly needed in 2017, terribly needed yeah. now, is just people being able to be like, you're, you're fucking terrible, have a cookie. Like, <laughs> Which, it does happen quite a lot in this, but I think it's just one of those things, just like people doing, like there are people who do terrible things, I think it's one of those things that like the movie even starts out with, because like, you know, the mother puts up the three billboards, because she's hurt, she's angry, and she needs, like that's her way of lashing out, because they told her, like just be patient and calm, and we'll, figure it out eventually, maybe. And she wasn't okay with just yeah. waiting around anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, people just wanted to forget about it, and she couldn't. So she put up the billboards, and now people are pissed off because, like, oh, well, we really like Chief Willoughby, and, like, so you need to stop talking bad about Willoughby. And, like, no, fuck you. He needs to do his job. Right. I mean, it's even brought up where it's, like, uh, there's a lot of characters that say along the lines of, like, listen, we are completely on board with you and, like, how hurt you are. But this is too far. Whereas, like, it really isn't because nothing was getting done. And, like, exactly. people were just kind of like, all right, well, your daughter died. That's really sad. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's one of those things. It's, it, it's a news headline at the end of the day for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're basically telling her to get over it. And she's just saying no. Yeah. And now they're getting angry at her because, like, like, oh, well, you're saying bad things about our police chief. And, like, they're not looking at what brought her to this point. They're just looking at what she's doing to Outlash. Yes. Well, it's kind of the big part about all of um the kind of uh what's the word of like I'm trying to like think it's participatory art, but that's not what it is. Where like you have protest art, protest art, yeah. Um, because ultimately that's what she's doing is yes. she's setting up protest art, and it's always the thing of like people like. Oh well, if they just didn't do protesting stuff, I would like fully support them. And it's like they literally have been not protesting for most of the time. No one gives a shit. Yeah. Yes, you don't start at the protest art. No one does. <laughs> well, around like some of the protests that were happening around the time that this movie came out, like they're like, oh, so like one person dies and all of a sudden everybody's protesting. Like, no, it was a lot of people. This was yeah. just the final straw for a lot of people. And that's what kind of what it was for her. She had like a final straw and she finally found a way that she could do something about it. And 
now people are lashing out at her because yeah. she's trying to do something about it. She found a way to have a voice. Exactly. And have it matter. Yeah. And people didn't want her to have a voice ultimately. Yeah. Yes. But, kind of the grand scream scheme. Grand scream. <laughs> I mean, I think actually another good thing to put about this, now I think about it, that was happening around the same time as this was uh, taking a knee during the anthem. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, people always, like, so many white old people were like, <laughs> it's so disrespectful to the people who served. Yeah. Even though they don't look at the fact that he went to an actual Marine and said, like, how can I do this respectfully? And he's like, well, whenever it's somebody's hurt, like, what do you do in sports? You take a knee. And so this is your way of saying, like, I love my country. I love I, I love the position that I'm in, but we're hurting right now. So I'm taking a knee for, uh, for you know, for color people, for America in general. And then people started getting pissed off over the fact that someone just took a knee, which has never been a bad statement up until that happened. No, it's still like it's still it's still not yeah, it's a it's, sign of respect to take a knee exactly it always has been but like people took it as a sign of disrespect because he just did something even if it was just like a little thing yeah and it became Ulti- this it something that shouldn't have been controversial became controversial because ultimately it's not the fact that all he did was take a knee it's the fact that he used his platform in a way to speak out about something that they were trying to ignore right mm-hmm. and they could no longer ignore it it was in their face now yeah. And that's what they're actually angry about. Exactly. And, Which yeah, and that's kind of the basis of this movie. This movie is, yeah. <laughs> yes. Which is brilliant in a lot of ways. And in a way, I, I do I, I said it in the intro, I do like that every character kind of is awful in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And it works out because of it. Like Mildred, you know she's hurting and like you feel for her, but at the same time she does extremely like way extreme actions all the time that you are like, well, okay. Uh. It becomes more <laughs> difficult to justify it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like one of the first things is uh, you hear the set again, this movie's so good at setting shit up. Uh, when Willoughby walks into the office, uh, Dixon's like, ah, oh, well, uh, there's a case against her. Now we got two complaints. And <laughs> it's like, okay, well, who are the complaints? Uh, the old lady with the weird eye and the, the fat, fat dentist. dentist. <laughs> yeah. And then, it, like, later, she's at the dentist, and you could tell the dentist is very upset. Mm-hmm, and she's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I don't know. It feels kind of weirdly. He's like, oh, well, you know, got to take it out then. And she's like, you didn't look at it. He, like, takes a peek. Yep, got to take it out. And he's, like, about to just start drilling. She's like, can I get some Novocaine? <sighs> Gives it to her. And immediately is like, about Willoughby. And she just yeah. fucking, nope. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. like, wrestles the drill and then drills a hole through his hand. His thumb, yeah. His thumb, yeah, sorry. It's uh it's gross looking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a fucked up scene, and then it gets followed by Willoughby going to see her at her job and like, were you at the dentist today? No, I wasn't at the dentist today. <laughs> yeah, again, like it's so this movie's so good at the transitions between it. In fact, I feel like this movie I would have to see the others. This movie probably should get way more props for the editing and it should have probably gotten that probably that Oscar, honestly. Uh, again, yeah. I would have to see the others, but yeah, I I think I probably would have given it the best editing on this one. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, and then it's a lot of like, I don't want to call them like microaggressions because they're really terrible in every single time. But like, it's like this kind of petty battle between the two of them for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I think it's a microaggression that just becomes more and more just plain aggression as the movie goes forward. Because yeah. like, uh, Dixon is like, oh, I just, I'm so mad about it, and his mom's like. Oh, why don't you just fuck with her friends? And he's like, oh. Yeah, and then they arrest 
I'm guessing her boss or her coworker. I th- coworker, I think. Yeah. yeah. I like, think it, she's probably the owner. I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah. Who knows? Well, yeah. the reason why I say owner is because when she goes to work, uh, it's closed and there's a note on the door saying they arrested me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so she gets arrested and, then, and uh, Mildred's like, what the fuck? And Dixon's like, we found two marijuana cigarettes on her. Big ones. Big ones, too. <laughs> She's like, okay, what's bail? And he's like, no, this is their second charge. So so I asked the or I asked the judge if, uh, to not post bail, and he said, okay. So there you go. Hmm. Like, so maybe you should take down those billboards, huh? She's like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, again, so like it just keeps escalating back and forth a lot of that, which Mildred ultimately just... Resource the violence a lot. Just yeah. kind of say out flat, out flat. She does. Yes, absolutely. She does. <laughs> well, the a character that we follow, Willoughby, mm-hmm. we follow him on and off almost as much as we follow Mildred, actually. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. almost seems like it's going to be based around those two for how much it because it, uh, the beginning of the movie is very much like Mildred and then Willoughby and then Mildred and then Willoughby and then Mildred yeah. and Willoughby. Yeah. Until, well, we learn about his cancer. Yeah, and we learn that he's kind of sick of getting uh, picked and prodded and stabbed and tested, and mm-hmm. so he one day when he's getting blood drawn, he's like, "Fuck this!" Throws the vial against the wall. He's like, "I'm not fucking sitting around waiting to die here." Right. And so he doesn't. He doesn't wait to die. He doesn't go back to the hospital anymore. No, the hospital. Yeah, like, like take him in and like, hey, we kind of need him here for like three days to do screens and stuff. He's like, you know, I'm, he tells his wife, you know, I'm not staying here, and she's like, yeah. Yeah, because while he is interviewing Mildred after the dentist thing, uh, talking about everything, he coughs blood in her face. Mm-hmm. And there's this kind of really touching <laughs> yeah. moment in there, which is weird to say touching, but it's kind of this touching moment in there. Like, she has blood on her face, and he's like, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to do that. And she's like, I know, I know it's, it's fine. Um, yeah. Let me get some paper towels. <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, you can tell, like, despite the fact that they're feuding, they do still care about each they other. They ultimately still have empathy. Exactly. They're not, they're not inhuman. Because like yes. they, that moment, like whatever hate and anger they have towards each other, just dissipates, even if it's just for the moment of just like this is somebody who's you know just coughed up blood and like is freaking out about the fact that he coughed up blood and she just trying to comfort him in yeah. whatever way she can. To the point after the like the call like kindness is really stretching it, but like after like he's being wheeled off to ambulance, he's like just let her go. I don't fucking care. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> so like she just doesn't have to take charges for assault <laughs> yeah he's like yeah. fuck it i don't give a shit yeah because it was never about that ultimately like he even says like he flat out tells her like i can have this drag out for months and months until you can't afford to have those billboards yeah and he's like but i don't want to do that i don't care about a dentist nobody cares about a dentist <laughs> who gives a shit about a dentist <laughs> but yeah is it yeah it's a lot of interesting things around halfway in the movie there's also a really interesting choice you get one scene of the daughter. Yes. Her yeah. final scene. Yes, before she goes out to drink or whatever she was going to do that night. Going um, out with, just going out to party with friends, you know, as teenagers do. And like, hey, mom, like, you're my mom. You'll let me borrow the car because I'm your daughter, right? Yeah. And she's like, fuck no. Yeah. Get I, a taxi. You could tell the relationship is still tenuous. Yes. Yeah. At, even at this point. Absolutely, it was. And basically, it's getting to an argument. And it leaves off very on the nose, mm-hmm. but I feel like it works in this movie's context. She's like, I, you know what? You're not going to let me borrow a car. I guess I'm going to walk, and I hope I get raped. She's like, I hope you get raped, too, which is 
what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which again is very on the nose for what happens in this movie, but I feel like that it works in this because it doesn't feel fake because of the performances that the actors and actresses put in. It feels all very human, all very genuine. I do also want to say this is ultimately Mildred's memory of the moment too. Yes. Yeah. So tensions are probably like you just remember how you feel in memories. Right. You don't necessarily remember every single detail perfectly. Right. I mean, on top of that, it's just also grieving too. Of just like, why was I fighting with my daughter right before she died? Like, why couldn't I? I told her like I love you beforehand, or yeah. why couldn't I let her borrow the car? Like, maybe if I let her borrow the car, she would still be here. So. The what ifs that people do whenever they're grieving over a lost one, a lost loved one. It's always hard because, like, ultimately, just it's human nature to believe there's always something. And, like, trying to kind of piece together in your head every single thing that possibly could have been done, like, because everything is always your fault in your head for stuff regarding that. And, like, if this one thing happened differently. Surely everything would be different because uh, as in general, we don't like believing that we were never in any power. Like it's, it's really hard to kind of get over stuff like that because you, you always want to believe there was always something, but the fact of the matter always is that ultimately sometimes things are out of your power. People hate to feel powerless. I think that's the reason why so many conspiracy theories exist is because Uh people don't want to sit around and admit like, maybe shit's just fucked up sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the truth. Maybe shit is just fucked up sometimes. Maybe there's nothing you could have done. Maybe she gave her daughter the car. She got, she goes out and gets shit faced. She gets in a, a car accident and she dies. You don't know. You don't know that this other decision would have had any other kind of outcome. It, things happen. Yeah. Things just happen sometimes. Oh, it, it's one of those things that I tell people a lot whenever they do like the whole like, what if uh, this could have happened or that could have happened? And I always tell them like, well, it's possible that this or that could have happened, but it didn't. And if it was what could have happened, those are different people with different problems now. It's true. But I do agree with you on that of like people with conspiracy theories because they hate being are feeling powerless. But like for some people, it's easier to believe in some grand conspiracy theory than to believe that the universe is just chaos and it's scarier for them to to think that nothing is organized and it's just all chaos too it's not that i don't have any control over it's that there's people actively fighting me on this right yeah (laughs) i mean like you look at a lot of that and like even movies too always are i would say Probably about 70% of movies are ultimately about, like, trying to fight destiny and fate. Mm-hmm. And I think it really speaks to human nature that we try to create art in which we're the ones that are always in control, even despite the fact that ultimately we are not. Yes. We're ultimately uh, as insignificant dust in the universe. Yeah, it's true. Uh, to get back to the movie, yeah. Willoughby, I think, is the kind of turning point to where a lot of things happen in this. Mm -hmm. Willoughby goes out and he has a very good day with his daughters and his wife. And at the end of that day, he decides this is it. Uh, He goes out to the bar and he takes his own life, but not before writing a bunch of letters to a bunch of people. To his wife, he wrote, wrote a few. To his family, he wrote one. To Mildred, he writes one. To Jason, he writes a letter. 
all kind of explaining his stance on where his mindset was when he did this. To the letter to his wife, essentially he explains, I have pancreatic cancer, and maybe I last four or five more months in horrible, agonizing pain the farther I get into it, and you have to take care of me while I'm sitting there shitting myself and dying and feeling terrible, and that's your lasting memory of me, and I refuse for that to be the case. I want to go out knowing that we had the best day of our lives, and it was. This was the best day of our lives, and I want you to remember me that way. Beautiful. Genuinely a beautiful letter. I really love yeah. that. Honestly, uh, to make a comparison, I think that's ultimately why the Fly episode of Breaking Bad is such an amazing episode, too, because yeah. it's a similar thing where Walt's sitting with Jesse, pondering, like, when would the best time of me have died been? Because a lot of, prior to that, Walt's kind of fighting this, like, he doesn't just want to be slowly dying and would much rather prefer either dying now and not leaving his family with issues or trying to figure out what else to do. Yeah. So it's like his thing of like, I could have prevented so much hardship on my family if I had died earlier. And it's a similar thing with, yeah, uh, Willsby has a similar thing here. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he he doesn't taking his life in the barn. The letter that he leaves Mildred is hilarious mm-hmm. because at one point Mildred goes to pay another month uh, yeah. to keep the billboards up, and the billboard guy's like, "Well, turns out actually that your billboards that first payment you gave me was just a down payment, and now you actually have to pay your first month like right now. So if you don't do that, then I guess I gotta take them down." She's like, "I'm not I'm not gonna do that. I can pay that." And he's like. Come on, Wilby has cancer. <laughs> and then, like, while they're doing that, the assistant walks in. She's like, you're not going to believe this. I just, there's a letter here and an envelope with $5,000 saying that they want to add to the fund for paying for the billboards. Isn't that crazy? What I thought was funny about that conversation, though, just like, who brought you this? Oh, a little Mexican boy on a bike. Like, what little Mexican boy? Like, I don't know. Just some little Mexican boy. Did you get a name? No. Like, what company you work for? I don't know. Did I do something wrong? No. Just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so that five, mysterious $5,000 right there that we later learned through the letter that Willoughby left her is like, hey, uh, those billboards, I always thought that, that was a great chess move. Honestly, that was perfect, and it really got us into gear. Thank you for that so, so much. I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, you're probably wondering where that $5,000 came from. That was me. That's my last way of saying, fuck you. That's my <laughs> chess move. That after my death, you have to defend those billboards for one more month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hopefully the town doesn't kill you. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. <laughs> Again, like, amazing. These characters are amazing in, like, the little shittiness they all, they all are. Because, like, uh, ultimately, the I hope you don't die is, like, Kind of literal. He, he <laughs> knows that she might just get killed for this. Yeah. And he, and in his last thing, he's like, ah, well, hope you don't. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, fuck you. Yeah, this this, this is, is basically his way of, like, as he's, like, floating off into the afterlife, he's just flipping her the double birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's that scene and this is the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so the movie at this point kind of takes a kind of real shift. Yeah. Because, um... Ultimately, a bunch of stuff happens. Uh, all the billboards get set on fire. Well, I was going to say before that, because 
whenever uh, Jason ends up finding out that Willoughby died, he decides he's going to lash right. out. And the first thing he does to lash out is he goes and he runs over to the billboard company, which is literally across the street yeah. from the police department. You know, mm-hmm. super small town thing to do. Uh, breaks like just breaks down the front door and starts beating the shit out of the guy who like put up the billboards and throws him out of a second story window. Mm. Absolutely kicks the show. Yeah. And, and like, again, one of the amazing setup, like as he's walking back into the uh, police station, there's a black guy standing out. And he's like, what are you looking at? And then as the black guy turns, you see his sheriff badge. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great in so many, so many ways. Yeah. Um, I think probably one of the better ways is like as he's walking in and like walking past the black guy, he looks back at the guy and goes, see, I have issues with white people, too. Right. What are you looking at? And then walks in. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And as then the uh, sher- the new sheriff walks in and is like, hey, I'm taking over. And everyone's like, no, you're not. You're black. <laughs> yes, basically. actually. That's yeah. basically what everyone says. Uh, Yeah. And then like he goes to Dixon and he's like, what? A- what's up with this? The. And Annalise, Anna, Anna, Anna Lynn, I don't remember her name. I don't remember her name. Angela. Either. Angela. Yeah, he's like, what's up with the Angela case? And he's like, what's up with your fucking face? Ooh. And he's like, all right, give me your cop- your gun and badge. He's like, really? He's like, yep. And then he like goes up to the guy at the desk. He's like, I don't know what just happened, but I think I might have gotten fired or suspended. You were, you were fired. You were fired. He's like, okay, well, uh, <clears throat> talk to you later then. He just like, walks out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I love, it's one of those things that, you know, uh, people don't like getting talked about, but like uh, certain people just have this sort of like expectation that everything's deserved to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like his, the following days, he's just kind of waiting for the police to call back and be like, all right, your job's back. Mm -hmm. And they don't because he's fired. There's, There's no reason to bring him back. Yeah. So. Like even to the point where like uh when he's getting the letter from Willsby, um the guy he's like, Hey, uh, is there any news? And he's like, What do you mean? On on my job? No. No, what are you what are you talking about? No, just Willoughby left you a letter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, Oh, should I go in and get it now? He's like, No, 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 no. Just do you still have your keys? Oh yeah, I do still have my keys. Good. Whenever like whenever everybody leaves the station, just come on in, grab the letter and Leave the keys when you leave. Yes. I don't know how he's going to lock the doors when he leaves the keys. That's Nobody thought, no one cares, that, but nobody's breaking <laughs> into the sheriff's office, probably. No. Probably. But yeah. Probably. Uh, so he starts reading the letter and it's like, hey, quit being such a fucking asshole and maybe <laughs> yeah. you could be a detective. Like, I know underneath all of that shittiness, there's a good person. There's a decent person. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Again, like, but like if you give yourself, or if you give yourself a little bit of patience and a little bit of a keen eye, maybe you can get to that point, right? And like again, really does show the the complacency of Will Willsby. Yes, it does. Um, that he's like, yeah, you're the worst, but like, you don't have to be. You can be better. <laughs> yes, but as he's reading it, um, Mildred from the other from the uh, advertising agency starts throwing Molotov cocktails into the uh, police station again because uh, she's very frustrated that someone tried to burn down her Yeah, signs. somebody burned down uh, billboards. the billboards. billboards. And the, her first thought, obviously, is Jason. Yeah. Because fucking... Who else, who else could it be, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, 
she throws them all. Uh, Jason, amazing scene. Jason has headbuds in, so he can't yeah. tell that something's happening. So he's sitting there reading the letter while these Molotov cocktails are exploding outside behind him. Until eventually, like, one just actually just destroys the... Blows up the window? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, his last... He's like, okay, calm. Like, think. And he manages to grab... Uh, Angela's case Angel- file? Yeah. And, like, jumps out and, like... Uh, Mildred didn't think anyone was there. She even called, like, three times to mm-hmm. confirm. Yes, because she didn't want to hurt anybody. She just wanted to sh- make a statement. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's all that. He he gets out. Um, a character we didn't really talk about. I don't remember his name. Um, the dwarf. Yeah. Uh, he's like there. This is kind of the only part he's really important in. I would say, unfortunately. But he is set up just like everything else. Yes, James. Uh, James. Yeah. So like he's there and he's uh puts out the fire that James was on. Jason. 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 <laughs> <laughs> a, a bunch of white names. Let me just get like a mulligan on that. He <laughs> he helps p- put out uh Jason. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah. he's on fire. Um and uh yeah, they just wait and the chief is like, Hey, uh, what what the fuck happened? And uh James is like, Uh, you know, we were around the corner and he's like, We, huh? And he's like yeah, we were we were walking downtown and we saw like the place was already like way on fire and we saw him just standing in the middle of the street so we put him out. Like, yeah, he's like, "Oh, well, you got you saw you two together." He's like, "Um, early stages." Yeah. <laughs> so where were you before this? Oh, my house. Yeah. Uh yeah, so like there's that and I no, it was a bit earlier but this is a, a good time Andy. The new police chief's like not everyone's out to. Not everyone's like here to be terrible, Mildred. Oh, to Mildred, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, it's one of these like. There, there's probably some truth to what he's trying to say. Like, he, I don't know if there's really any reason to believe he has bad intentions at this point. Right. No. He's other just, than being yeah. a cop, he's just there to do his job. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to be fair, he kind of walked into chaos being the new sheriff in town. Yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a history with anybody, so he's not there. He doesn't yeah. have any other purpose but to follow the law and try and get mm-hmm. the law done. But yeah, uh, there's that, and then uh, James is like, "Hey, why don't you? Why don't we go get dinner?" And she's like, "Yeah, all right." <laughs> <laughs> so they do go get dinner. Yeah, at this uh, the fanciest restaurant that this town probably and has. Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> and I swear to God, like I don't think she is, but it looks like she's wearing like a coveralls whenever they go into like the fanciest restaurant in she town. Totally is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say, it looks like she's wearing uh, coveralls and like basically her work clothing. Yep. And he's like dressed up all nice and mm. fancy, and like this is like a big deal for him. And right. I think it's just one of the funniest things that he says when he's looking at the menu too. It's just like I like cheesy things. <laughs> so I'm gonna look for cheesy things. Yeah. yeah. She's like, all right. <laughs> Uh, then the, her ex-husband shows up with her, with his 19 year old girlfriend Mm -hmm. and they go to like sit in the back, I guess. I don't know. And then, uh, at one point James gets up to use the bathroom and the husband comes out to give her shit. And he eventually reveals like he was the one who set the whole billboards on fire. Right. He's like, Hey, no hard feelings about the the billboards thing. She's like, no, no, it's, it just kind of happens. I guess she's like. Yeah, I was just real drunk that night, so I'm glad you don't have hurt feelings about it. He's like, she's like, what? Ex- excuse me? <laughs> yeah, and it's so infuriating with the next thing he says. He's like, ah, you know, uh, regret egurts more. I know, anger the, begets anger. Anger begets anger. Which regret egurts regret. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah, what I thought was funny about that is he's just like, because James had come back at this point. Yeah, and, and he's like, like, yeah, you know, she, she like, told me that. 
It's like, she said beget? It's like, yeah, worthy enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then he goes over, and uh, at this point, uh, James, real well, actually, Mildred's like, uh, we can we can like do this another time. He's like, no, I get it. You're embarrassed to be seen with me. Yeah, the whole time you've been embarrassed while we've been here. And you know what? I get it. Uh, I, I know that I'm not a catch. I'm a dwarf car salesman with an alcoholic drinking problem. I get it. I'm not a catch. But you've been embarrassing me the whole time. You're angry. You refuse to get close to anybody. And somehow I'm not the catch. Sure. And he leaves. Yeah. And I'm glad, like, they give him, like, some, like, self-respect. Yeah. Arguably the only character with real self-respect. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I kind of wish, I don't know, like, because the movie doesn't need it more. I kind of wish they gave him something more to do, because he kind of ends up just being the butt of a lot of jokes, which is kind of... I mean, that's kind of just one of the bad parts about Hollywood is there's a lot of, like, nine times out of ten, not always, but nine times out of ten, whenever there's a dwarf uh, character in a movie... They're usually the butt of some joke. Yeah. And, like, I know that's just an unfortunate fact. And the movie makes a point of, like, these people are shitty. Yeah. So, like, it's not like, haha, look at the dwarf. It's like, damn, these people sure do be shitty. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, like, I don't know. In some ways, it doesn't feel, like, transformative in any way. It just feels like, they're I, like, yeah, we're making fun of them, but it's bad we're making fun of them. Well, I will say, uh, the actor who plays that character also played Tyrion Lannister. Mm-hmm. Um, well respected in that role, of course. Very well respected. He very much so has a thing of like, if I'm choosing a role now, I'm choosing it with the full knowledge that I'm not going to be doing anything to be mocking what I am, yeah. to be mocking dwarfism. He's part of a bunch of different kind of charities and like funds and stuff like that to help. Um, so I think he went into this with kind of that thought process of like. These are shitty people. Like anybody yeah. who watches this knows these are clearly shitty people. Yeah. Um. So I think that's. I, and I, like again, they give he's the only character with any self respect. Yes. And he's like, I know what I am. Yeah. But you don't know what you are ultimately. Yes. yes. Which um, is a great. I think is a great scene. Yeah. Yeah. It really goes, and then it goes next to Mildred like grabbing the champagne bottle. You know, in the. I'm going to fucking kill someone position. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah. It's one of those things whenever somebody's holding a bottle and it feels like the bottle's aimed at your head. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she like walks over to the ex-husband. He's like, you, d- you don't want to do it? You don't want to make a scene here? Because, <laughs> you know, Mildred always cares about her appearances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that it hinders on one specific thing. Mildred asks, did you really know the word beget or anger begets anger? And uh, the girlfriend's like, yeah, I read it. I read it in a bookmark from a book I was reading about horse polio or no, she's like, about polio. Well, no, horses, actually. What was the name of horse? Polo? Yeah. About the horse. <laughs> yeah. She's like, what's that horse thing? And he's like, polo. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that it hinders on that because it like ultimately she's like, OK, He's not absolutely the worst thing possible right now. He didn't literally lie to me. Yeah. So, like, she just leaves the bottle and leaves them. She's like, be good to her. Yeah. And leaves. Yeah. Uh, Turn the other cheek, which is kind of this whole movie. Yeah. I was going to say, it's (laughs) the first time that she actually turns the other cheek throughout the entire movie also. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is kind of, this is the turning point for the movie. Yeah. I would say for all the characters of, like, hey, learn how to, like, 
try and move on a little bit. Right. I mean, I like some of that because um, one of the next things we do is we go to the hospital because, uh, you know, Jason's Jason has burned. He yeah. has burns everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's all wrapped up and gets put in the same room as uh, the Red. Red, yeah. Who was the ad salesman for the billboards. Right. Yeah. And Red's like, hey, uh, you want some orange juice or anything new? And he's like, and Jason's like, I'm sorry. He's like, what? Do do we know each other? He's like, uh, yeah, I, I threw out the window. And Red's fucking pissed. Yeah. And uh, ultimately, he doesn't want much, anything to do with them, but he still pours them the orange juice. Mm-hmm. And like, I like it because I wouldn't inherently, because I think there's a, there's a very fine line between turn the other cheek and don't be a bl- wet blanket. Or what? It, no, wet blanket's a boring person. What's the? Mm-hmm. Don't be a doormat. There we go. Um, don't be a wet doormat. <laughs> I like that they let Red be justified in his anger, mm-hmm. and ultimately, it's not as none of these things actually. You never know if they truly forgive anyone because uh, forgiveness is a thing that a character has to give, mm-hmm. right? So I like that they kind of let it stew in a lot of ways. Like you don't know, Red probably won't ever forgive the fact that this guy beat him the fuck up. No, every single time he, because I think it's implied that he broke his leg whenever he fell out of a second story window. So he it's just probably one, more than his leg. Well, there's that because he has a cast on his arm and on his foot, but like he's still kind of hobbling around. Yeah. So like maybe it was like just a really bad sprain. Who knows? But I was gonna say like if he broke a bone and they have to put a rod in there, it's gonna hurt every single time that it rains, and so he's just gonna have to remember every single time that his wrist hurts. That like, oh yeah. I was thrown out of a fucking window by this asshole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, I, again, I, I also, like, because I think, I do think is very important. I mean, this isn't a kid's movie, so this is less important. But, like, it is important to tell people, like, you're allowed to be fucking angry. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to, like, have emotions. And ultimately, it's up to you to decide forgiveness. Because, like, uh, ultimately, I mean, this is forgiveness is something that me and Dariah butt heads about. On yes. the podcast before, we have very different uh, ideals about forgiveness. <laughs> um, what episode was I? I don't, even know don't watch episode. this. Don't watch this episode. But it was the last kiss episode. <laughs> don't watch that episode. I hate that episode. Um, <laughs> People might watch it just in spite of you. Now, who knows? I know they will. That's how <laughs> spite works. And like, it's not a bad episode. I just hate it. <laughs> um, it was a good episode because you and Dry just butted heads about that's that. That's why movie it was a bad episode. Time. All me and Dry did was argue, and you just had to sit there while me and Dry argued. <laughs> Can I say something? Shut up, Robbie. <laughs> I think I literally said no. Yeah, yeah, uh, you did literally say no. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, like uh, I, I like that. There's a lot of okay. This movie is very nuanced. Is what mm-hmm. I'm kind of getting around to ultimately, and uh, it goes to the point. Uh, after, like, everything's said and done, Jason's just kind of sitting at a bar, and he overhears someone behind him talk about, like, yeah, fucking fuck that girl right up, me and my buds, and the guy's like, oh, man, was she, like, attractive? He's like, after the gasoline, hey, ho, ho. And uh, this, of course, alarms Jason. Uh, and, again, he's thinking more calmly. Uh, one of the first things he does is go, he goes out to smoke, but he's going out to check the car. Yes. Yeah. And he gets the license plate. Uh-huh. And when he goes back in, like, uh, the he doesn't even have to provoke the guy. The guy's just provoked. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, it's because he just basically was bragging to his friend about raping a girl and then realizes, oh, there was someone sitting behind me the whole time. Mm-hmm. And now this guy's acting weird around me. Yeah. And, like, he's kind of doing his drunk thing. And he's like, aha, I know a magic trick. We And then just scratches his face. Scratches the shit out of him. Yeah. Yeah. 
which starts the bar fight. Um, also, uh, Evelyn's co-worker, owner, whatever. <laughs> She's not the owner of... Ev- of... <laughs> I didn't even say the right name. <laughs> Mildred's co-worker slash boss. <laughs> uh, Denise. Denise is there with... Um, Jerome. Another- Jerome, yeah. Who's another really interesting character. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one of the ones that helps set up the signs. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, also hel- helped her reset up the signs yeah. after they got burned down. Which, uh, he's a cool character. He is yeah. Cool. Yeah, I um, like him a lot. Yeah, so they're, like, out at the bar, and he's like, uh, what the fuck? And as they're fighting, he's like, yo, man, that's a cop. And the guy's like, I don't see a Brad, and Jason's like, oh, yeah, I don't have it on me. Yeah, I lost it. <laughs> like, oh, that was shit. actually another really awkward scene, but it was really funny, was that scene whenever, which, looking at Google, the new sheriff in town, uh, apparently his name's Amber Crombie. All right, I'll make sure to buy yeah. some pants from him. Sure, why not? <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, like uh, after like they had that tussle together, and he tells like I'm the new sheriff in town. It's like you know what? I don't like you. Give me your gun and your badge. You're fired, kind of thing. And like mm-hmm. gives him his gun, and like starts looking around for his badge, and he can't find it. And he starts yeah. checking his desk drawers, and like just really drawn out in the best way possible. And just like um, I, I, I don't have it on me. I, I don't know what I did with it. It's just, whatever. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, get out of my station. Yeah. Um, it's one of those. It's uh, I, I like. It's one of those small little things of like I lost my badge because the badge isn't the badge. The badge is like his honor, his like mm-hmm. his goodwill as a human being. And also, you know, you kind of need that as a cop. <laughs> well, sure, but you know, story wise, I <laughs> yeah, mean, yeah, 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 narrative and yeah. symbolism and all that. Yes, but at, at basic level, it shows how he's just a shit cop. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he ends up doing that. He get he scratches the shit out of the guy's face. Who... But gets some, yeah, and gets some skin. Ultimately, he like rushes back home mm-hmm. and like tries. It puts it in a vial with the uh, license plate license number. plate number, and just yeah. kind of sits there as his mom's crying because she saw he's died. He's got the shit up. kicked yeah. out of him, yeah. and he's burnt on one side of his face, and he's bruised and bloody on the other side of the face, and, and the just... burns are cut. Basically, oh yeah. Oh man, he looks. So he's gross. super fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like. He's he's starting to really think about things now and like what are the repercussions of these actions and like what should I do to like actually do these things I'm trying to accomplish like what should I actually be doing mm-hmm. and he goes to Midri- Mildred, Mildred Mildred and he's like hey like I don't want to get your hopes up because uh, I don't really know but I found a guy who I think might have done it and I sent that information in and I'm waiting for it to come back she's like really like yeah but seriously don't get your hopes up I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Eventually, he goes to the sheriff, and he's, like, talking to the sheriff, and the yeah. sheriff's like... I think the, the sheriff does actually congratulate He's like, hey, you found stuff. Yeah, he's like, hey, you you found, like, a clue? You found some stuff? Good job. Really good job. Uh, No dice. It's nothing here. Uh, there's no way he possibly could have been... Literally, it's literally impossible for him to have been... Yeah, he was deployed, basically. Yeah, he yeah. was He overseas. was out of the country. He was overseas. Like, where sandy. is he overseas? He It's classified. Yeah. But somewhere sandy. <laughs> he's like... There's a lot of sand in places, man. You're not helping me. It's so dumb. It's I so love because, like, you know what it is if you know anything about American yeah. history. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but the, the, which... I like this scene a lot because, like, after that, he's like, hey, by the way, found my badge. Didn't lose it after all. <laughs> which, again, is like, that goes back to the symbolism thing. Uh, but, like, he, like, found, you could either put it, like, as his goodness or, like, his moral compass. But, like, he found that thing. Right. Again. Or literally, he found the badge. Or literally, he found the badge, <laughs> yes. But yeah, he leaves, uh, kind of goes home. A really like interesting summer moment. His mother's just asleep on the couch. 
mm-hmm. as he like goes and sits in his room and kind of starts uh, playing with the shotgun, let's say. Yeah. Uh, but decides to call uh, Mildred and is like, yeah, wasn't them? And she's like, oh, man. Well, you know, this is the first time I've gotten my hopes up in years, yeah. at least. Which I think showed a lot with that scene when he says, like, don't get your hopes up, but is like she kind of realized like what she was looking for is for someone to just care enough to do something. Yeah. And mm-hmm. somebody finally cared enough to do at least something yeah. towards this, which like that's the thing is like she didn't want them to like just find the person. She just wanted them to care enough to keep looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a really nice dichotomy of like uh, Mildred being this very open field uh, with the billboards, but like this very open field tending to these flowers and uh, Jason being in his very dark room with the shotgun basically on his head the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's like, yeah, it wasn't, but I know that guy was a rapist. He did rape somebody. Yeah. Which, the more you think about that scene, the more fucked up it gets, though, because if he was deployed and he was out of the country and did that to somebody, it never got caught for it, and now he's bragging to a friend about it because... Just something that he did whenever he wasn't, you know, out deployed out in the desert. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the unfortunate sad fact is that was all the time. That happened yeah. a lot. Every single war. We literally have somebody that we knew in high school who came back and bragged about killing a kid. Yeah. The same guy who tried deploying me to the same place. Yeah. So, fucked super fucked up. But yeah, he's like, uh, yeah, I found out information about him, and I know where he lives. And she's like, where does he live? And he's like, uh, Idaho. And she's like, oh, that's crazy. I'm I'm going to Idaho tomorrow in the morning. I'm like, well, want some company? Sure. So they both pack up a whole bunch of stuff, a gun, the shotgun that he was holding to his head, mm-hmm. or resting his head on. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. like pointing it towards his head or something like that. He was just kind of like, almost like a kid playing with a stick. Yeah. 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 I mean- there, I, I would definitely give credit. Like, there is obviously the symbolism of what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, uh, ga- gun safety rules. And obviously, he probably isn't the greatest about gun safety, <laughs> but he probably knows rule number one. Yeah. 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 If there's anything that they're not very, um, oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, they're not very subtle about is that he's not a very smart person. No. But not like, at all. I, I, even, like, the worst cops understand, to an extent, rule number one of gun safety, which is don't aim at something you don't intend to shoot. Yes. Which you would think after five years in the academy, he would know that. Well, that's my point. I, <laughs> I, I believe he truly does know that, and that's kind of what the thing's hinting at in a lot of ways. Yeah, he knows violence. That's the one thing I right. think you can be guaranteed he knows. Yeah. So, like, I think that's why the phone call's important, because I think it's the olive branch, both of them end up extending to each other. Yeah. So that they don't kind of fall back down. Yeah, and it just ends. They pack up, and uh, Mildred kind of looks at her son for the last time in a while. That sentence technically is correct, but I don't. I feel like I need to word it better. <laughs> like as a like as, before she goes. There we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, they start driving. Uh, she drive past the billboards, and she's like, "I gotta say, I, I was the one who did who put fire to the police station." He's like. Yeah, no shit. So like, who else would have fucking done that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do kind of like that last conversation that they have, though, mm-hmm. too, of just like, you think we're doing the right thing? Well, I guess we'll find out along the way. Yeah, like, do you do you think we should go about killing this guy? I don't know. I guess we got it until we get there to, to, to decide. 
Yeah, it's it's really good because yeah. like both of them have kind of gotten what they really wanted out of this, and neither of them know if going forward and doing this to this guy is gonna help anything or not. Mm-mm. And they're not even sure if they want to be doing that, but they're kind of going for it anyways. And uh, one little subtle detail I do like about like this last scene though too is like. They're driving to a different state, but like the stuff that they packed along was like a shotgun and like a picnic basket worth of like food to bring, like mm-hmm. some oatmeal cream pies yeah, and like a couple sam- and couple sandwiches, things. like a thermos full of coffee, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's really nice in a way, and I love. I this is a weird thing to always say, and I but I love when a movie can kind of have such an ungratifying conclusion in a lot of ways because like. The mystery was never solved. Uh, the characters kind of grew, but they ultimately didn't escape from their from their uh, past. Right. And they're going to just do a heinous act, arguably for a good reason, poss- depending. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. And you don't even know if they're going to go through with it. Like that, But that's no longer part of the story. Like the story of the three billboards in Ebbing, Missouri, like that story's done. Whatever they're going to do further on from this is an entirely different story. And you can kind of make up like in your head, whether they actually killed this guy or whether they found like some sort of empathy with him or like, that's an entirely other story to tell. Yeah. But that's three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah. Uh, Great movie. Mm -hmm. Great movie. Let's, let's rate it. What do you say? Okay. E, let's start with you again. Uh, brilliant movie, love, a uh, beautiful movie, master of setting up things constantly. A- even little things you think don't matter mm-hmm. are just set up really well, and it's just really good in a lot of ways. Uh, a a really fun thing is I think this actually ends up being like a yin and yang with um promising young woman, kind of yeah, where like they both they kind of approach the same topic in completely different ways while ending at a very similar conclusion and their journeys are completely uh going opposite directions but they ultimately are still parallel lines which is really Mm. interesting yeah um i think this movie is a little long i it's one of those i don't know what i would cut but i just like want it to be just a little bit shorter than it is in the Mm. long in the grand scheme I say that a lot, so grain of salt. Yeah, I think this movie is kind of the perfect length. It's under two hours. Uh, barely. Barely, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> an hour 59. I think it's actually. It's like an hour 55, I think. Hour 55. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I guess it doesn't need to be cut. It, it might just be because to- of the tone that makes it kind of feel like it's a long movie. Because, like, it's a, again, it's like a very emotional movie. So, like, it's extremely emotional. It, Maybe maybe what I'm just confusing it kind of being emotionally draining as it being long. I think that's probably the issue or so. This is a little bit a, of both. I don't think yeah. this is a movie that you can watch every month. No, I don't no. I mean I probably won't watch this for a long time. For instance, the last time I watched this was when I showed it to Robbie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was like four years ago. Which is always saying something for Jiraiya. Yeah, it, it is. This movie Literally. is emotionally draining. It's a lot. Yeah. But I think it's one that most people should watch. I know subject matter and everything obviously prevents certain people from watching it. Um, I think a lot of dude bros are gonna hate this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's there's a lot to be learned from this movie, and I think it really nails everything it's doing. I, like I said, it's incredibly funny. 
Like it's emotionally draining, but it is you're gonna fucking laugh your ass off at some of the lines. Yeah, they're just delivered yeah. really well. <laughs> Kudos to all the actors. Um, weird grievance. I don't like the like main song they sing just because it confuses me every time I hear the lyrics. Which one? It's like the one they're playing at the very end yeah. of the movie. Three plus four equals seven, and one plus two equals three. And like, I don't understand what it's trying to say other than that it literally goes to the next line. Like, loneliness is bad. <laughs> that's that's not just bugs me they played it like three times in the movie huh. it's a weird grievance i have and it's not <laughs> anything wrong with the movie i just like i don't like the song okay okay <laughs> uh but yeah no beautiful movie it it really it was a, it's a really strong start to the year i'm gonna say um i would i would give it a nine okay okay robbie how about you so this is a movie i think it nails small town americana between, you know, just the actual setting itself to the ass-backwards town folk <laughs> uh, to people being petty and angry all the time, even though they don't need to be, but because they can't let go of their little grievances, it causes a big outburst all the time. Um, I think it does have a very important message, too, about all those things and, like, learning how to deal with grief and how everybody deals with it differently and people who are just, like, angry for no reason to, like, you know, the mo- well, I guess like the mother, she has a very good reason to be angry, mm-hmm. but then like the townsfolk getting angry over billboards because they just want to get it out of their mind and she can't. Yeah. And I think and like it, everything's done very well. It's almost a revenge tale, but not quite because of like the pettiness that happens between everything and like just learning to let go. And I think there's not a lot of movies that tell a, a tale like this and do it as well as this movie like this almost isn't a bubble of like how good it is at least in my opinion uh acting's phenomenal like i think one thing that uh says like how good the acting is of this is like a samara weaving the one who plays penelope the 19 year old girlfriend Mm -hmm. has like maybe three or four minutes of screen time but (laughs) like is probably one of the funniest people in this entire Mm -hmm. movie with the screen time that she has in this movie she is also the star of ready or not yeah and she's a fantastic I, horror movie yeah i was gonna say dry's the only one who's seen it but he does say that like in she, the world <laughs> <laughs> but he does say that she completely captures that entire movie like if they didn't have someone as good of an actress as her that movie wouldn't work mm-hmm. it's true uh which the fact that you know she's in this movie like set for maybe three or four minutes and she just captures the screen every single time she's on screen shows how good of an actress she is and like it's not even just her like all the actors are top notch in this movie like everybody's giving their name mm-hmm. yeah i was gonna say like i have I don't know if I can say bad things about this movie. It's just done very, very well in all aspects. And we've said as much as we can say about it. I honestly, I think this is a 10 for me. Okay. Also, I should say, I just remembered I talked about the news thing. I forgot to like finish that thought because I wanted to wait until we got into it. I, I love in like a parallel to the complacency of the sheriff. Uh, I love that the news loves to like discredit its own um like own uh the story that it told kind of but like its own like purpose in the actual whole thing where like <laughs> it's instanti it instantiated everything basically yes. like the only reason the whole town knows about the billboards is because the news went to it because as they said many times in the movie no one actually uses that road yeah the <laughs> highway was built to go around the town nobody yeah. uses it so like uh the news is the only reason it does that and then at the end of the uh like after the 
Wills v. Um, after he commits suicide, the news is like, ah, oh, such a tragedy. But one has, and like, how could anyone really know the true motives behind behind this? But one has to wonder if it has to do with the billboards, <laughs> and like that's why the town gets all mad at uh, Mildred. Yeah, and like to the end where after it's being burnt, like the newscast is like, ah, oh, this is you know it. It's a tragedy, but at the same time, it's so great that the billboards that caused so much distress <laughs> ended up are, being are now are now done. Now, now we can put an end to the story. And she's like, "Fuck you, bitch!" And this is yeah. just the beginning of the story. Put that in your fucking news tale. <laughs> and I love because like the it's so under both under and overstated how much the news kind of shapes people. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, like especially when you see stuff like the misinformation going on all the time, but like. The news always has this thing where it tries to make a mountain out of a molehill and inadvertently causes the mountain. Yes. And I I love that in like three simple scenes the this movie actually like really pounds that home. I'm mixing oh. up so many so many <laughs> phrases. <laughs> you are. I love it. <laughs> um yeah. I love this movie. I absolutely love it. I think I went and saw it in theaters three times. If I'm not mistaken. After we just talked about how it's so much, how emotionally draining it is, and how you can only watch it once because I a did year. the Jiraiya thing of like I need to show people this movie, <laughs> so that's what I did. Jiraiya I, was just a husk after the third time. I kind of. It's I like, went alone. I mean, and then I took Liz, and I think I took Sam after that. <laughs> I kind of did the same thing with Requiem for a Dream, which Jiraiya no, yeah. straight up has said like I can't watch that movie again because of how emotionally draining that movie is. Can't do it. I but think I've seen it. <laughs> Well, I don't think you'd want to see it. You it's would. about needles, I know. Yeah. Well, not about needles. It's not like about a needle that walks around stabbing Needly people. Needly the needle, and you just like, <laughs> yeehaw! <laughs> but, like, I showed that movie to a whole bunch of people, too, so I think I've seen that movie, like, yeah. five times now. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I absolutely love this movie. It is fantastic. It is, honestly, about as perfect as a movie can get in a lot of ways. I'm not... I don't think there's a single thing I'd change. There's not... There is literally not a single thing I would change about this movie. I think yeah. all of the actors were perfect for their roles. Mm-hmm. I think everybody did just a fucking stellar job. There's no no complaints. I have no complaints yeah. about this movie. It's I hard, love it. It's hard to even nitpick it because it's just done so well. Yeah. Uh, this movie's a 10. This movie is easily a 10 for me. I absolutely love it. Uh, yeah, it's great. I, I love this movie. There's, I don't know what else to say. There you go. That was three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. That sure was. <laughs> <laughs> we're great. We're still so good at ending. Stuff. We're great at it. Yeah. We're never getting worse. <laughs> if you guys want to get a hold of us, we have a link tree. L i n k t r dot e e slash l y p gives you a link to all our social medias, all the places you can listen to us, and our Twitch and the archive of the Twitch where we play video games. Yeah. Wow. Woo. Uh, Wednesday, Jirai has been playing through Ken- Kentucky Route Zero. Yes. He might be done. I don't know. Um, By the time this goes up, I won't be done still. Okay. I'll Probably be close. Uh, Saturdays, it's a mystery. Ooh. Ooh. We don't even know. <laughs> we'll figure it out whenever we end this episode. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, lots of fun. Look forward to this year. There's some differences, but we're we're still us. Still 
us. We're still bad at a lot of stuff. So we still t- can't remember. We'll still forget. Oh yeah, wait, what movie were we doing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, look forward to new movies. Look forward for another. Is this a movie? We're, it's it's still coming back. We're still one a year at least. <laughs> at least <laughs> we're at least doing one a year still. Uh, uh, I personally have an idea that I forgot to bring up before we started recording this that I'm going to bring up to Robbie and E that I want to do for another continuous series like we did for the Star Wars thing. And I would like to also do more television shows. I think we At can least do one. it. More than that. I want, I want to do Two. a few. Yeah. I want to do a few. Enough so we can have television shows at our end of the year. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's hard to expand on this podcast while we're all working 40-hour weeks. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, we're all working 40 hours. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I mean, I get paid. Well, like, I mean, to be fair, yes if you put, no, if you put how much I work throughout the week and then add it on to your week, it's 40 hours. Yeah. It, it's averaging 40 <laughs> hours a week. Between hours. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, look forward to everything coming up. Uh, look forward to our Twitch stuff. There is some little fun stuff we're planning. There, There is. There are quite a few fun things that we're planning that we were hoping to do in December and then I died. Yeah. So it didn't work out, unfortunately. But All of us took a turn in that box. Dry got the last of the box. I so. got the longest box. Right at the end. Dry, why can't you guys just be like me where I'm like sick for, sick for like three days and then I'm completely fine? <laughs> Fuck, I still, I still haven't gotten my around my cough, man. It's still there. It's <laughs> yeah, and I'm shit. like running marathons by now. Like, <laughs> to be just... fair, if I wasn't headbutted in the face, I probably wouldn't have been sick that long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, we appreciate everyone for listening and watching all of the stuff. Yes. And uh, you all have a good new year. Not the holiday, but the literal year. Yes. Have a great year. We're going to be here. We have a lot of great stuff. Please stick around. Robbie, tell everybody goodbye. So if you're out and about, make sure to be kind to one another. Make sure to be safe. Still doing this outro. We might change it later on. Who knows? We'll talk about it after this. But uh, whether you've been with us since the very beginning or this is the very first time you listen to us. Thank you for listening. Yeah. I got that backwards. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Thank you, everybody, so much. Thank you, Robbie. Mm-hmm. Thank you, E. Yeah. Talk to you guys again very, very soon. Very exciting year. All right. Goodbye. Bye.